good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with the late Patty Fink, who was actually told me she was running late, but was here in plenty of time. Yep. Laron uh, got a vaccine on Friday, was it? Yeah, he's got a reaction. Yeah, and our guest is uh, on daylight saving, or is not on daylight savings time. <laughs> Omar, are you there? I am here, and you are, you are right. But, you know, I set my, I don't know, did I set it forward, backwards? Oh, I don't know what I did. I apologize, but I'm here. Um, I wanted to start with something going on at City Hall. Uh, you usually attend Black Tie Dinner, and this year the Halloween block party is the same night as Black Tie Dinner. So I was wondering if you're switching parties. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's a, it's a tough decision between Black Tie Dinner and the Halloween block party. So um, ah, I haven't decided yet, so um, stay tuned. Ah, so not, not switching parties. Um, there, uh, hold on, uh, this was emergency and uh, Patty didn't have headphones. There's an adapter in the back of the car. And we will find her those headphones. And we will find her those he Well, we found the headphones. It's the adapter to plug into the board that she doesn't have right now. Uh, all kinds of technical weird difficulties this morning or afternoon. Right, right. Um, <laughs> Why wasn't the uh, daylight savings time changed? Come on. Ah. <laughs> uh. Um, now, of course, I'm referring... definitely one that I would support is, is getting rid of all of that, and let's just stay up one time all year long. I like the day, daylight being out longer. Or something. I'd be happy to get rid of daylight savings time. I can't stand it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But... Um, we don't, we're not farmers anymore. Well, partially is we're real far west in the time zone, and so it gets light in the morning just real late. So, um, okay, so I was asking you about whether you're switching parties this year, and that brings up a more serious question. Uh, now, Patty, because this is to you, how do you register in a party in Texas? You don't. You don't. That's there's right. No don't. There's no party registration in the state of Texas. Okay, so, so, so all primaries are open. You can say. choose a primary, but you can only vote in one primary. And that's your registration in the party? Essentially. But oh. the next election, yeah. you could switch. But what you can't right. do is vote in, a, say, the Democratic primary in March and then vote in the Republican runoff, uh, you know, a few, a few weeks later. You can't do that. Just stick with it. Right. So when you hear somebody say, I'm a registered Democrat, always have been my whole life, not in Texas because we, we don't register parties in Texas. You can vote. Like Patty said, in any primary, but you, let's say there's a runoff in that primary, you have to stay in that primary. You can't jump to the other party's um, runoff um, primary. So here's my question. When the mayor said he switched parties, did I miss a primary in August? <laughs> you, you did not. You did not miss a primary in August. Um, there is a, an election coming up in November. Um, for certain issues that if you haven't registered your vote yet, you, um, I think you missed the deadline for this 
um, November election, and then um, we will have a primary. Um, and I'll let Patty tell me the date because since she's um, and Patty is all of that. Patty is plugged into the board. Dates for what? Uh, to be uh, for the March primary. Oh, um, I don't know when the filing date is, but the, the the primary itself will be, I believe, March fifth. Yeah, it's early. Hold, please. <laughs> I will. Find she, it. She's looking it up. Um, but, but if anybody's wondering about me and my affiliation, I have always been affiliated with the Democratic Party, and I am still affiliated with the Democratic Party, and I um, will not be changing my affiliation from the Democratic primary um, in the. March primary because I will be voting in the Democratic primary and um, plan to stay a Democrat for the rest of my life. March 5th. Confirmed. It's the day after Trump's trial starts. <laughs> One of Trump tries, Trump's trials starts. Fun. <laughs> um, what was the reaction behind the scenes at City Council to the mayor announcing he's changing parties? Um, you know, I, I can't really say for others. I know that um, for myself, I, I personally was not in any way, shape, or form um, surprised just because some of the um, issues that um, the mayor has been championing are, tend to be um, very Republican-esque. And then, um, you know, it's just that, you know, but he never said anything or it's just some of those that I can sort of that people are worried that things are going to change or what's going to happen since we are nonpartisan at the horseshoe, you know, filling potholes, um, you know, picking up garbage, making sure that um, loose animals are collected, the things that affect your everyday regular life as far as um, what the city handles and um, pushes forward. Um, it's not partisan in any way, shape or form. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Now, what does matter is our values. And so, I can tell you that um, we're still very safe. It's a 12, uh, 13 um, to 2 um, D, um, super, super majority on the city council. And, um, you know, our democratic principles, things like making sure that people have um, housing and, and making sure that um, LGBTQ people have um, their rights here in our city, that we're a welcoming city, that. Um, things like that are not going to change, and we are committed to making sure that we advance Dallas um, to be the most welcoming and um, friendly city that we possibly can. And um, I, I think it's, you know, it's good to have different uh, viewpoints and sides to issues, and I can tell you your Dallas City Council. Um, sometimes there's 15 different sides and viewpoints to an issue, um, but for the most part, um, we debate those. We have really robust, open, honest um, discussions on issues. And at the end of the day, it takes eight um, votes of the council to make anything pass or to kill anything. Um, for the most part, um, vast, vast, vast majority. Um, but every once in a while, we have these odd um, super majority or um, three quarter vote um, issues that are required by either state law or um, a, you know, our policies or our, you mean our rules, but those are very rare. So um, when those happen, um, you know, they're usually also um, done exactly the same way, um, very democratically, very um, open, honest, and fair. And um, I ask people, please get stay involved, get involved. If you're not, 
and don't be afraid to email us, your council members, the mayor, any of your thoughts on anything um, that you see. And you know, we we work on them, and we try to get where we feel the um, what is the best place for Dallas to move forward. And um, we're open to just about everything as long as for me, as long as you're not going to be discriminatory or have any kind of phobias towards an individual class of people. Um, but overall, I think that um, we're ready to work. And um, and I um, hope that the outside um, partisan stuff doesn't end up affecting our work. But, um, you know, the people are the people and they're our bosses. And at the end of the day, um, for me, I can tell you that um, I try very, very hard to do what you, the residents of Dallas, um, tell me to um, what my marching orders are, because um, I believe that that's what a real representative is supposed to do. And it's not about what I want, it's about what the people of Dallas want. Um, as long as you're not going to have any type of discrimination or phobias, um, I'm with you. And I feel free to, to email or text my city or other city council people, too. Um, yeah. and, and you do a good job of it, David. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> The last thing I texted you about, which I think is kind of an interesting issue, um, the building right next door to my office building was sold, and they want to put up a high-rise building, which will do several things. It'll mean there'll be so much noise when they're, because it's real close, uh, there'll be so much noise when they're building it, I won't be able to work in my office. It changes the character of the design district, which was one- and two-story buildings, and now it's all... Uh, go into 10 to 20 story buildings um, and it's already there's traffic there already yeah and you and you messaged me about it and I quickly got you to the right um, people that were in um, where, where the item stands at this point because it's not to the city council yet and I um, hope that you stay in contact with um um, the, my plan commissioner, the district six plan commissioner, um, as that um, item moves forward. Yeah, and uh, I distributed her email around our building. Mm -hmm. Yep, and that's how it works. And um, just so you all know, you know, the, the, there's a lot of boards and commissions in the city of Dallas, and um, for the vast majority, your Dallas City Council members and the mayor are the ones who put those appointments, nominate um, individuals to serve. Um, some of them are um, district-specific, meaning only that council member or the mayor may nominate. And a few of them are um, what we call all-at-large appointments, so anybody of the 15 of us can um, nominate. And, um, they're really great places to serve. I, that's where I made, actually made my political start um, as far as service to the city was on the Community Development Commission. And I actually served with my former colleague there, um, Casey Thomas, a former mayor pro tem of the city and um and then ended up on the council together and right now i think currently we have three or four folks that were that all served on the city plan commission together at one time or another um, now all serving on the dallas city council so it's a really great place to learn to serve um and um you see where you go and um see how you can help your city and especially with your ideas because there some of them are advisory some of them are quasi-judicial and um, they, those folks, those individuals, can really shape policy for our entire city. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, one of the things I always encourage people in our community to do is to talk to their council member about getting appointed 
to to one of those boards of commissions and and while some of them do have some specific specific requirements uh, for example, uh, Dallas Animal Services, you know, they require a veterinarian and there are a number of different required um, educations or licenses that are required um, to, in order to serve. A lot of them are not. And in fact, most of them are not. And if you're interested, you can contact your council member and say, please put my name in the hat for consideration for this or this or that uh, board. And it's, it really is the first stepping stone to leadership in your neighborhood. Um, yep, absolutely. And I think, Patty, have you served on one before? I think I think you have, and I know Aaron has, and lots of, I think, and, I mean, almost everybody I know has, just because they're that involved, but, you know, we were all in Stonewall Democrats together, but, you know, it's, um, or other organizations, but it's so important, and I can tell you that um, um, for somebody like me, I am very, very specific as far as making sure that I have diversity, um, that I'm inclusive, that um, we have different voices, um, in, you know, from, you know, some, you know, few conservative members all the way to um, the most, you know, leftist um, liberals, um, because I need all voices. I need to hear the district, and I try to really make my appointments overall, meaning all of the 20-something um, appointments I have um, to reflect District 6. Um, and you know, when you ad hoc appointments as well that are very temporary. When right. you say that, Harriet Earhart, former state representative, was on our show one time. This is years ago. And she said, you know, the best legislation that we ever wrote was when we really sat down and listened to each other because we wrote mm -hmm. better. We wrote better legislation because it helped more people. Exactly. Exactly. So when we have more people, more voices. Um, and, you know, this is a fun fact that. Um, I learned the other, a few months ago, that the very first council member in history on the Dallas City Council to ever appoint an openly, um, it was a gay, gay man, but openly gay person, LGBTQ plus person, um, was the humble Ricardo Medrano. That's where it all started with mm -hmm. openly um, queer people being appointed to boards and commissions. And he said he got a lot of flack for it, but he stood by his decision because it was inclusive. And, um, and now you... It's not an issue anywhere in the city of Dallas. Right. And in fact, all um, members of the Dallas City Council and those who now run for run for those seats really do understand that we don't live. We don't all live in Oakland. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're Bishop Arts. You know, we're, we're all over the city in all of these right. um, districts. And I just want to take a moment. Um, I live in to, West Dallas, y'all. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of LGBTQ plus people that live in West Dallas now. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, because we are everywhere. Exactly. Um, I do want to take a quick moment to um, to remember former council member Bill Blades, who passed away this week on Wednesday. Oh, he you. was 77, um, and yeah. he served, and he was one of those those folks who, during the early um, marriage equality debates, was coming on the council. And um, he um, has a lesbian sister, uh, who, who I know lives over by me actually, and um, he was he was a, a Republican and sort of you know conservative, very conservative, but he said I'm not there yet. I'm not saying I'm not going to get there. I'm not there yet. And so we want to work with people who are who who maybe aren't there yet. Um, but eventually are, and I was um, amazed that during one um, 
I, I guess, a briefing session with the council. I attended about the health insurance. Um, he raised his hand and asked, uh, as for city employees, health insurance, um, he raised his hand and we had not spoken with him about this beforehand or anything. And he said, I want to make sure that anyone who is uh, HIV positive or living with AIDS is not going to be discriminated against in these provisions. And I was totally blown away. I was like, wow. you know, he wasn't there yet, but boy, is he there now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a, it was such a great moment. And yeah. um, so really appreciate his service. And um, you're just thinking about his family today. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, I didn't serve with um, the Honorable Bill Blade, but I did get to meet him um, maybe oh, right around two-ish years ago. Um, and we were doing a ribbon cutting in District 10 um, uh, of the 635 um, project that I, you know, I didn't know all the history, but he was the one who started that project when he was on the council. And it was 20 something years later, and he was um, um, the honorable, now former council member Adam Magoo um, invited him to be there and to be on the stage with us to um, give a few words. And it was really, really cool to see. Um, him and get to talk to him, get to know him, you know, over, you know, a couple of hours while we were there. And um, just the pride he had that the work that he did do and that there were a few of us, even though I didn't serve with him, but knew who he was and, you know, spoke to him and, you know, thanked him for his service. And um, the bridge that's being built there was one that was really big to him in order to connect the northern part of 635, which is a mostly... Um, people of color, lower income area to connect it to the um, southern end in a more safe and um, easy way to traverse. And just hearing him speak on why that bridge was so important and why he advocated for the safety um, components to it, it was just like, wow, you know, he may have been a Republican, and I don't know if we served together how, how we would have worked together, but just hearing those things really was like, this was a really probably easy dude to work with if you sat down and talked to him and um and i was honored that i got to meet him that day and i know that he was just um beaming with pride and um wherever he's at i hope that um he's um resting peacefully and that his family can um um find peace um in their hearts and minds with this loss and uh, thank him for them for sharing him with us and for the service that he gave to our great city we need to take a break. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with the late Patty Fink, and we'll be back with more Lambda Weekly right after this. Hi, this is Patty Fink, and you're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. And this is Lambda Weekly. Our guest is, you know what, we never introduced you at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Uh, is District 6 City Council uh, person Omar Narvaez. Um, last week we talked about this on the air, uh, so I guess it happened the week before. State Representative Matt Shaheen sent the mayor and the district attorney and the city police chief here in Dallas, and Matt Shaheen is from uh, t uh, Collin County, a complaint about what went on at Latino Pride in Reverchon Park. Did you see that letter? Are you speaking to me? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, did, I actually did not see the letter, 
Um, and um, I saw it once it was posted on, um, I think it was the magazine's blog. And um, was like, what the heck? Like, you know what, um, Representative Shaheen, with all due respect, um, focus on things that are actually affecting people that live in the great state of Texas, like fixing our freaking grid before um, we have a crazy winter storm again. How about um, taking care of real property tax issues, uh, making sure that um, all people, including those that are in need of abortion care, have the ability to get there and have that abortion care. Talk about real issues that are affecting people and not a fun time that's happening here. And I hope that anybody that lives in his district or in that area um, knows that they are LGBTQ plus or an ally, come on down to Dallas. We want you here. We want to welcome you. We want to celebrate you and know that you are welcome here um, to be your authentic self. Um, and I just was, it was just a boring to me that he would be on attack to um, people of color and the LGBTQ community all in one quick um, email that he sent all in order to gain political points. Like, ridiculous. Focus on some real work. What I was wondering is, would you uh, ever send a letter to the police chief in Plano to complain about something that went on in their city? Absolutely not. And if something went wrong in, in their city and I was brought to my attention, I would make sure that that person, um, that was, um, if somebody had brought it to my attention, um, got with the right people in their city and work with that city, um, not just call them out and send some like, you need to do this or that. Now, of course, I'm sure that Representative Shaheen is, is um, all giddy because they were able to pass more preemption laws on local municipalities than they have ever been able to in the history of the state legislature. And they don't realize that, um, like right now, we, have, we literally have... Um, dozens and dozens and dozens of ordinances that we as a city are having to relook at, have open hearings, and um, make changes in order to abide by, to, to become in compliance with state law. And that means at the same time that every single one of those ordinances um, is no longer enforceable. So it's like until we um, can get it fixed or changed and uh, make it legally correct according to state law, um, it's like it doesn't exist on the books. What are some of the uh, laws that you're working on that we haven't been able to come into compliance with? Um, right now we're working on one. It was um, all over the news last week about amortization. And so the new state law, um, so Dallas's ordinance is definitely much more progressive than what the um, city had. We were one of the few states that, so amortization is if there's issues with a business in your community, um, it's the legal way to get it shut down. Um, because we don't have the ability to just do that as a city. So um, it's basically like a court trial, but within the city with the Board of Adjustments, um, which the city council has no part of, um, and that's the quasi-judicial board. Remember, we were talking about boards and commissions earlier. And that panel of five that um, gets selected at random, um, they will make a decision as to whether that um, facility gets amortized, which means bye-bye, you're gone. But in the rules, it does state um, by state law that that business gets to um, stay operational until it um, recoups its investment. So upon that, you know, it could be open another year, six months, five years. It, it all depends on, on that portion. 
And that's fine. But the good part was we had a citizen's petition. So um, any resident of the city of Dallas could file that um, 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 amortization position or the Dallas City Council could. Well, the state law um, has changed to, and this is the part that's tricky now for us, is that it doesn't say that the citizen's portion has to be um, eliminated. What it says is that now the um, business in question, um, if it is amortized, they have the decision, they get to choose that business, whether they want to stay operational for however long it takes for them to recoup their investment, or they can say they want the city to pay them their investment that they're trying to recoup and they'll be gone in 10 days. So that's the very tricky and scary part um, is um, if people are doing amortization filing, um, would the city have the money to pay out or not if it had to? Hmm. So that's the debate that's going on right now. It's in ZOAC, which is a committee, of, of, a subcommittee of the um, Citizens Plan Commission. And then um, it would go to plan commission and then to the city council. So see right there, um, in order to fix this, um, um, our ordinance to match state law, um, we're probably talking two to three months. And um, you know, I'm always in favor of the um, people that live in our city to be able to petition, to speak, like to say what they want through their own process. Um, but oh, this is going to be a hard one because. You know, we also have a fiduciary responsibility to the actual city, um, and so that's um, going to be interesting. So, I'm looking forward to hearing what um, people have to say and um, how we can um, get a, get get through and hopefully um, in compliance with a very poorly written um, new state law. So that's one of them. We have others that you know that thank goodness they're on hold um, with um, the the formerly known as anti. Um, drag queen um, um, law. Um, thankfully, it's on hold and it's considered, um, you know, dead at this point. But you know, we know that this will be um, appealed by the state. And um, but um, every major city and a lot of municipalities that are smaller uh, um, joined in. We're all like, you can't do this. This will like decimate our cities and what we can and can't do. Um, there's there's one that um, has to do with. Um, Y'all may have seen it on the news. Uh, um, it struck down a city ordinance that we had on manifestation of prostitution. And um, so it was a local ordinance that's been around for decades that the courts found unconstitutional. I, I'd never seen it before. And um, when it came up and I saw it, it was like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm no lawyer. But I was like, I can clearly see why it was um, ruled unconstitutional. So we're trying to rewrite that one so that it will, um, would pass constitutional muster and make changes to that one that we can. Um, you know, it's like I, my, my whole deal on that one is I just don't want us targeting the sex workers. I want us targeting pimps and johns um, that are forcing these uh, folks into prostitution or, um, um, and then, you know, of course, use the um, federal and state laws that we can for folks that have been forced into human trafficking um, overall. So those are just a few. And you know, there's so many more that just have to do with local control that we'll get to as we get to them. So we're going to be busy. <laughs> you are busy. 
Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, all the regular work. You know what I mean? And, and then Matt Shaheen is busy, too, because he's regulating what's going on in Dallas. Yeah, well, and I want to know is, what, what I really, really want to know is, Representative Shaheen, what were you doing at Texas Latino Pride? Why were you hanging out there? <laughs> or why are you going through um, whatever it is, social media or the blogs or whatever it is you're looking at, Representative Shaheen, um, in order to know what was really going on or going down. I'm a founding member of Texas Latino Pride, and I can tell you that there ain't no shenanigans going on. It's a music Texas festival. Basically, yes, and it's just people having a good time. And um, as a Latino myself, it's like um, in, our, uh, in our cultura, in our culture, and doing things that we like, the music that we like, the foods that we like, we ain't doing nothing different than you see at any other Pride. It's just... It's this Latino focus. And let me tell you, the people at Texas Latino Pride do an excellent job. Um, it's safe. It's fun. Everybody's welcome. <coughs> and there are no crazy wild shenanigans going on there. It's in the middle of the daytime in a city park. Um, and, you know, we're not going to allow in a city park that um, anything crazy or wild goes on that um, would break any laws or rules and you know, we had some perform. I mean, there were performers. I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, didn't get to attend this year. Um, I was um, in. Um, I actually got to go to Mexico City for the um, um, Independence Day weekend. It was the same weekend, and got to experience that. So, kind of like think of Times Square for New Year's Day. Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of like that, except it's their Independence Day, and oh my gosh, it was so much fun. And I can tell you that that's exactly what was going on at Texas Latino Pride. People were having a good time, enjoying themselves, and um, I don't know what. Um, website Representative Shaheen was looking at, um, but whatever he was looking at is not what was going on at Texas Latino Pride. So you don't think that the DA and police chief should investigate? Absolutely not. <laughs> and I can tell you that I can tell you that we've had the, the uh, Chief Garcia, Chief Hall, um, both attended past Pride, whether it was um, Juneteenth Unity Pride weekend, um, it was. Um, um, Texas Latino Pride, if it was Black Southern Pride, they have attended every single Pride. And if there was issues going on, I think the Chiefs would have let us know about it. You know what I mean? So, no, there's nothing crazy and wild going on. And I would adamantly oppose Chief Garcia or anybody from the Dallas Police Department. I'm going to investigate what is a welcoming and culturally sensitive um, uh, event that's happening here in the city of Dallas. So I think you should start complaining about what's going on in Plano. <laughs> you know, I would love to if I had that kind of time. But I am focused on my city and making sure that we move forward and advance forward. And I'm going to take my own advice and I'm going to stay out of Plano's business um, and um, hope that Representative Shaheen will focus on his district and um, what real Texans are needing, which is like an affordable um, pay scale making sure that um, everybody has benefits instead of stripping them away from people for medical needs. And just let's focus on the real things in Texas that Texans want and not things like um, crazy made-up shenanigans that um, Representative Shaheen has decided that he's going to just put out there um, in order to gain political points. Right now, um, it just disgusts me that anybody could be um, that homophobic um, to come into an completely other part of the state and decide that they're going to tell us what we should do and how we should do it. And I hope that um, 
people in his district um, see what's going on and hold him accountable because he's not getting anything done in his district in the state of Texas. You know, it's funny because you say he's that homophobic. Uh, Texas Latino Pride is a very mixed event. It is very mixed. <laughs> it's more people from the Oaklawn neighborhood who show up and enjoy the afternoon of music than... It's a fun time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, I've been. Yeah, and I mean, it's every, I've been every year except for this year, but let me tell you, it is such a fun time, and I mean, so much so that I have even tried desperately tried to get Texas Latino Pride to move to Revershawn Park um, just because I was like I want it in District 6 um, mm -hmm. um, but you know but you know I just I know that they're doing a great job and um, and it's an all volunteer organization like these folks are they're making it happen and it's the um, biggest like, um, Latino Pride in the state of Texas and um, I just hope it grows and grows year after year and I hope the people there I did call um, Juan Contreras is the leader of the organization, and um, you know we joked about it. And you know, but I told him, hey, um, as long as I'm on the council, you let me know what you need for me to help you, um, and um, try to defend and protect you guys if it's necessary, um, and just keep focused on making sure that that organ that um, festival continues to grow and operate and get bigger and bigger every year because. Like you said, it's becoming a, <laughs> it's not just becoming an LGBTQ plus um, event. It's it's just kind of a Latino, Latina, Latine, Latinex, whatever you say. Um, I typically say just Latino, but um, it's whatever it is that whoever wants to come. It's also people celebrating their own cultura, their culture, and um, regardless of their sexual orientation. And I think that that's what makes it so beautiful is that um, it's it's just an all-inclusive welcoming event, and it's focused on literally um, our culture and what we like to do and the things that um, all the different um, Latino, Latina um, people um, from across the um, Latin Americas do, as well as Hispanic, um, which, you know, includes Spain and a few other countries that would be in, in uh, Latin America that would be left out. So that's why you hear a lot of us saying two different words or mixing them together is because... Um, both of them leave out a certain group of people within our um, communities. So um, that's why you hear us always debating how to say things, because we, we're trying to be as inclusive as possible. So, And I do want to point out that you didn't go to the uh, Texas Latino Pride Party. You were at a party in Mexico City, so you did uh, switch parties. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I did switch parties for this one year. And, um, but it was just temporary. So, but my heart was here in Dallas with all my sisters and brothers, mis amigas y mis amigos, um, mi hermanos y hermanas aquí en dentro de la city, here in the city of Dallas. Um, but it was an opportunity of a lifetime that I couldn't, I just couldn't say no to. And um, I, I'm, I'm a better person for having gone. Well, you didn't switch um, parties. You switched partes. Puro party, party, party. <laughs> we like to say. <laughs> it, it, was, it was so cool. It was just, I, I, we don't have enough time for it, but just, if you ever see me, anybody out there listening or want to talk about my experience there, please, I, I'm more than happy to speak on it and just tell you how it changed me and made me a, a, a better person for getting to experience where a lot of who I am, um, as far as my ancestors, 
where they actually derive and come from. Um, I'm just, I'm a very different person for having gotten to go and um, see things and be part of, part of that. It was just, it was spectacular. We need to take a break in just a minute, uh, but I do want to mention that OU won the game <laughs> yesterday. Uh, Patty wrong, warned me before. Patty <laughs> warned me before the show that you might need That's some the consolation. The time is one thirty-eight p.m. and OU still sucks. So there. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I told him before the show that we may need a therapy session for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I got over it last night. So. <laughs> we'll see them. We're, we're going to see them in the Big 12 championship game. So. Well, there and you go. Then, then, there you go. It will have um, forever bragging rights. So. <laughs> well, why don't we take our break? You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM in Dallas. Uh, and Omar Narvaez is our guest. And we'll be right back right after this. This is Rafael McDonald from Resource Center, Dallas. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. And we're talking to Omar Narvaez. Um, I was just going through some notes, and I uh, was wondering, do you know much about the Forward Dallas plan? I do. <laughs> Would you like to share it with us? Um, well, not at this time, because we would need um, at least an hour and a half. But what I will tell you is that we're still working on it. And this is um, an all-city-wide plan on um, everything from zoning to policy to uh, housing, um, just about anything that affects or touches um, Dallas residents' uh, daily lives and how we move forward in order to um, plan correctly um, for, like, say, about the next 10 to 15 years. And um, it's been in the works for a good year now. And I can see that um, there have been hundreds of meeting surveys. And we're getting a lot of really excellent information from um, residents in Dallas. And if folks want to learn more um, or participate, um, you can either contact me um, at my email, omar.marvaez at dallas.gov.com. Or it's easier, you can just email district6 at dallas.gov. Um, or, and just say, hey, can you give me information on um, our Dallas plan? Uh, or you can go to the city's website and find it there. And um, please participate. Email us. Send us um, information um, so that your voice is heard on it. Um, but it, we're getting some really positive um, feedback for us to get this moving and moving in a very good way. And I hope that um, it works. Um, and, you know, some of it um, that we can get implemented. Uh, you know, it incorporates a lot of policy that um, that I've been proud to help support and or champion, um, like like our um, CCAP, our Climate Action Plan for the City of Dallas, which um, I'm the principal author of, even though it was a whole bunch of much smarter, brilliant people who actually wrote it. Um, but because I was the chair of the Environment Committee when it passed, um, when we when we put it all together and passed it, um, um, that Brookings just um, named as the most um, implementable um, CCAP in the entire country. So it was like, that's really cool. You know? I, I'm curious, what are some ideas that are, are brought forward in it? Um, in, in the um, Dallas Forward Dallas plan, it's, um, it's like attention to parking for units and housing, um, apartment complexes. Um, no, for the environmental piece that, that you... Uh, oh. Put so together things like, um, make, things like making sure that um, there's better access to 
um, um, uh, mass transit, um, which is starting to happen, that mass transit changes their um, vehicles. And um, just the other day, I saw a few of the first electric um, dark buses, and um, one of them was going down Singleton Boulevard, and I was so proud and happy to see that. You know, you got to start somewhere. I'm making sure that our fleet changes over for the city, um, over to um, electric and or, you know, different types of um, uh, um, uh, efficiencies for um, not using gasoline where possible, um, use, getting more things um, built that have access to um, solar panels. So a lot of our new street lamps and um, um, traffic signals are now um, solar powered instead of um, electricity. So things like that, making sure that we have um, a wireless network that everybody can um, uh, attach to, get on. Um, there's things like, um, you know, making sure that people like here in West Dallas, that people don't um, have to live by industrial um, polluting sites anymore, which I was kind of already doing without a policy little by little, but with a policy, it helps a lot. And because of that, the Environment Commission created a cement batch plant um, special use permit policy um, that um, means that what was left out of our policies was um, temporary cement batch plants, plants that only the state of Texas issues um, a permit for. So we got in with the special use permit because of that and with CCAP doing that. So um, we haven't had one um, temporary cement batch plant um, apply for a permit here in the city of Dallas since that policy went into place. Um, and just so much more, but we're seeing the implementation happen, making sure that um, like we close down food deserts, we get different types of food access, community gardens. I mean, there's just so much inside of it. It's so robust. And um, I'm just so proud of that policy um, because of all the people, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who gave input and helped us and um, worked countless hours. And, you know, even the ugly, nasty fights between um, folks on how to do something I appreciate because it made the plan a better plan and <coughs> just um, readopted it um, because in the policy um, this is something that I think is also good policy um, Patty mentioned something that um, Honorable Harry Earhart had said which I agree with and um, mine was mine is always to put a um, re relook at flaws inside of all policies that we, we, we just give, do a check in on it every two or three years or five years. I don't care what the time is, um, but as long as we recheck it, because um, my experience on the council is that's why we have so many ordinances that are antiquated or don't match, or we've got to figure out how to update, is because um, they're missing that recheck-in. And um, technology changes, especially in the environment and sustainability world. A lot of our new buildings, city buildings, are now, um, um, as we're starting to build them, have to be um, LEED certified, and that's always good for sustainability. When developers come to me um, for planning zoning changes, I ask about the sustainability of the building, you know, where they're going to be, and um, really pushes them to a different level. And they see that this is what Dallas wants. And because of that CCAP plan, even the North Texas um, Central Council of Governments now has a um, CCAP plan in order to reduce emissions throughout the state of Texas, but specifically in our northern region. Um, which then brings in tech dot, and I mean, it's just, it's really cool to see it all coming together, but it is, it's going to take years. It's not like a, you snap your fingers and overnight it's done. But it's change, and I hate change. <laughs> well, you know, David, but 
<laughs> David's know, old, you know. I know. I was gonna say earlier. Did you hear him when he was like, "Oh, that thing's gonna be too noisy where I work." I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. (laughs) No, see, my window faces exactly where they're going to start building. But, you know, David, I'm going to go with it's a blessing that you get to be that age, and I hope that I get to get there one day where I just can be screaming everybody off my lawn as well. (laughs) Oh, like he's so young. Like Omar's so young. I I am. I am. And and (laughs) next month, and everybody keeps telling me to quit saying this, but I'm proud of it. I'm like... You're going to be in your extremely late 30s. I wish, but no, no, actually, I don't wish. I'm so excited. I'm going to be 50 on November 18th. (gasps) Are you really? Yeah. Isn't that cool? I don't know. I think it's cool. (laughs) That's kind of exciting. Yeah, Yeah. I'm excited about it. And and the other thing I like about it is everybody, like, says, like, they'll go, what? You're going to be 50? No way. You don't look. I'm like... I like the compliments that come with it, too. I don't know what 50 is supposed to look like, but I obviously don't look it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not there yet either, are you? (laughs) Yeah, my body's starting to feel like it, though. (laughs) No, but I see it as a blessing that I get to um, um, hit that 5-0 and, um, you know, hope that I can keep kicking butt um, as long as I'm on this earth and to make things more positive and better for all of us. So it's just exciting. Amen. Amen. Well, if this building next door to us goes up, you won't be making my life better. I know. <laughs> and you'll know about it. <laughs> I, oh, I know. I know. And that's, you know, that's what I love about David is I, I know when he switches to just resident David from being... Um, Pretz David or Lambda Weekly David. <laughs> <laughs> constituent David. Yeah, Constituent David. So, um, you know, it's like, you know, he, he's in a building that's in my district. He's not my constituent per se as far as his residency, but where he works is my constituent. You know what I mean? So, and the design district is extremely important. And um, just like all neighborhoods, and it's important that we hear from not just property owners, but also from um, people that work, live and play in certain areas. And I can tell you that um, that's something that um, the um, tax rate, um, the school tax plan that the state passed, um, didn't, they left out 60% of Dallas residents, because um, 60% of Dallas residents are renters, including me. And um, so if you're in this, regardless of where you're in Texas, but if you live in Dallas, um, 60% of us were left out of that tax um school tax plan because I can tell you the landlords aren't going to pass it on to us. So their savings that they're going to get. Right, right. And Representative John Bryant and Ana Maria Ramos, Jessica Gonzalez, Victoria Navia Criado, you know, Julie Johnson, um, Benton Jones, and all the rest were very, very smart in um, pointing that out and trying to get those amendments made um, during that special session. And um, that, see, that's where the partisanship gets in, where it really belongs. And um, I'm really proud of them for fighting the good fight. And let's keep backing those folks up and, uh, and send them wherever they're trying to go in order to keep fighting for us. Like, just like my good friend, um, um, Congresswoman Jasmine Crockett, who is um, kicking who, some tail up in Who D.C. went so, viral this week. <laughs> yeah, good, for, good on her. I, I had to message her and be like, keep it on. Thank you. Thank well, you. 
Congresswoman. <laughs> you should you should know then, Omar, because if, if the building going up next to David's office gets really bad, she's in the same building. <laughs> mm -hmm. She is. <laughs> so if you if you want to see viral and she's getting mad and you're the target is you, you just better brace. <laughs> yeah. I, look, me, me and me and the, the great congresswoman, uh, Congresswoman Crockett, we are in great friends and we're great um, colleagues of each other and we're able to work with each other and uh, that ain't gonna happen to me not a not while I'm around <laughs> yeah here's a tip don't cross her yeah don't cross her I'm to make a congressperson upset and that it represents Dallas you know <laughs> we got a lot of federal dollars we're trying to get for the city so <laughs> and, and we're getting oh that's something else David that, um, we're gaining tons of dollars from the um, President Biden's Infrastructure Act. Like Dallas is, I, I when I became chair two-ish years ago, I um I challenged staff to have half a billion dollars worth of projects shovel ready for when these grants start fall, um getting dropped by the federal government from it. And the and the act hadn't passed yet, and it was just let's be ready, let's be proactive, Dallas. And man, the, the team at Transportation and Infrastructure and you know all the others that are involved in that were are ready and let me tell you a grant drops and they are checking to see which project um could qualify what would be the best project to put forward in that um grant and um we're winning and we're building coalitions with other cities other agencies um in order to win um grants for the city and i think between us dart and um, dfw airport and love field i think we just broke our Broke 100 million already. So, um, oh, cool. exciting times. I'm, I'm really proud of the team and um, just, you know, just, I need more. We need more. We need more and more and more, um, like every other city. But um, I only worry about Dallas. This is my home, and you, you guys are not just my friends, but, you know, y'all are my neighbors. And, and um, we got to do everything we possibly can to make sure that Dallas is seen, um, especially being in a red state, um, by. Um, the federal government, and I can tell you that even Secretary Buttigieg is—he's got his eye on Dallas. So I'm—I'm I'm, I'm really thrilled and excited about that. Um, Please tell me it's not another Margaret Bridge. No, no, God, no, 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 no. <laughs> nothing, nothing new. Nothing new, with the exception of oh, it's already built. So enhancing like Southern Gateway project, um, re reconnecting communities, uh, making sure so, um, making sure like we have the dollars that we've already passed in bonds or in um, other projects that are funded that can we can we match those projects that are already existing just need a little push over the edge because all the prices went up since the um, pandemic the inflation um, things like that so nothing nothing signature nothing new um, I can tell you for me and um, I can't really speak for the whole council but my buddies that I align with mostly we are really focused on um, sticking to the basics and making sure that we fix our basics and get caught up from decades and decades of, um, of of ignoring maintenance and making sure that we get that up to par and up to speed. Um, this budget that we just started, so this is will be the second year, and remember I've been chair of transportation and infrastructure for two years now. It's the second budget that maintenance for streets has been fully funded in decades, so two years in a row now. You don't fix it overnight on maintenance, in two years well it's been one year but now we have our second um because you've got to maintain we're fixing it with the bonds and then if we don't take care of them so that's why some we've gotten some emails from people saying 
y'all just resurfaced my street like three years ago and now it's being resurfaced again. It's like, yes, because that keeps it up to that A street instead of letting it go down to a B and then a C and then before you know it's failing and then we've got to replace the whole thing and that's millions and millions and millions of dollars versus, oh, a couple hundred thousand dollars to resurface your street and maintain it. Um, that's the way we need to be doing things, the way we need to go. Um, unfortunately, it costs money and we're going to um, have to do it for many, many years. But if we stay there um, and we can do the same thing with our parks, you know that parks and rec have not been fully funded for uh, maintenance. It's been decades as well and um, oh a lot of other things. And so when you do that, what happens is, um, I, I look at it like this, if you have a car and um, you hear it, I don't know, you, you see some oil dripping off the bottom and you don't take it right then, um, then all of a sudden it's the hole. And before you know it, you're replacing the whole engine. Before you know it, you got to replace the car. Um, you know, same thing with the house. If you get a leak and it's just a small leak and you get it patched and fixed, you take care of it, it doesn't cost so much, but if you let it go and go and go, uh, before you know it, you're replacing the house. So um, that's Dallas and we're replacing a lot of house. Um, but let's maintain what we're replacing and let's um, bring up to par what um, we can. Um, so in the future, we're not paying so much um, to replace and we're just paying to maintain. I, I don't like replacing house. It's change. I don't, I don't, I don't like change. I know. <laughs> yes, we get, that's why we got more home repair, pro, home repair, home repair money for um, residents that are um, of lower income levels. And, and not just like low income. I'm talking like regular everyday people that are just, their money is not the same it used to used to be and just need a little help to get certain things fixed and so we're creating different programs and projects and policies and um, to help as many people as we can and um, that are in need um and it's not like it's the stuff that people need to in order to make sure that their everyday life they can move forward to last thing the city wants is to have to go to code to send code to go get on you and then you get a citation and now you're in court because you couldn't pay the the code fee the code fine we, no let's Let's help these people figure out how to get out, get into compliance, and see if there's any programs or monies that we can help those folks with if they need it, and um, and that way they can stay in place. And um, we've been raising the senior citizen homestead exemption ever since I got on council. That's been one of my big things. My first budget, I was able to get that done, and we get to do it every other budget and every other budget since then. And we're at the highest level we dollars we've ever been. For seniors but what it does is it keeps the same set of seniors inside of the same income bracket i mean i'm taxing brackets of their home even though it's raised in value so that they can age with dignity in place instead of having fear that um, because their taxes are constantly going up and their income is not to the retired that they're going to be kicked out of their home because they can't maintain it. So, and um, and we need to break right there and i want to tell you i love my senior exemption I'm glad you do, and congratulations, you got him. You just got another one. So. Well, thank you very much for that. And for all of us here at Lambda Weekly, have a good week. Thanks, Omar.